Excuse me, what is going on here? But first we're going to make a little detour. So absurd, so questionable. Yeah, I guess we're just the weirdos. Expect the detour. Do you normally not wear pants to these things? You haven't noticed? Or? I haven't noticed. I don't look down. Every, every prob- podcast. I, I'm in my own home. I, I don't feel compelled to wear pants. <laughs> you do realize we're coming into your home, though. So I feel like, I feel like you should home. put on pants. I don't think that it's really on me to put on pants just because you want to come into my house. How does the responsibility is not on you, nor are the pants. Exactly. So do I need to take off my pants? I think it's only respectful. So you don't really you take hospitality to like a whole nother level. Then most people are just like, "Can I get you a drink?" Or like, "Can I take your pants off?" Yeah, I try to. Yeah, I try to be as cordial. Hello, I am Ukrainian. Jesus Christ! What? Uh, How long have you been in here? Where is Alan? He also doesn't have pants on. Yeah, I missed the memo with the whole pants thing. For the people that don't know, this is Ukrainian Santa. Alan is. I am Ukrainian Santa. Yeah, he (laughs) says his name a lot. That's just kind of his catchphrase. Alan's not here yet. He's running late, and the Ukrainian Santa is here. And if you don't know who the Ukrainian Santa was, we played a clip of him on a previous episode during the QD NPR, where he spoke about reindeer fighting for Russia to take over his country. Uh, I guess welcome. Ukrainian Santa. You've come a long way, it looks like. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. <laughs> yes, it is true. Ellen has called me and he said to me, come to podcast and and riff for a bit until I get there. <laughs> How do you know Alan? We play online games together. <laughs> what online yeah, ga- what kind of games? Yeah, what kind oh. of games do y'all play? We Clash play Royale. we play Farmville together. <laughs> Farmville? You mean the game ten years ago on Facebook? We still keep it up. You poke each other? We, we poke each other, yeah. Send pokes back and forth, yeah. That's that how checks. I let him know it's his move. <laughs> <laughs> how long have you and Alan been doing this? It has probably been, I don't know, maybe eight to ten years. <laughs> what's a day in the life of Ukrainian Santa look uh, yeah, like? Yeah, that's a good question. What, what's it like over in Ukraine? The morning starts at 3 a.m. <laughs> we go to work in factory. That is where we make all toys for children. What toys do you normally give out to children? We make them rocks. <laughs> you make rocks? We make them rocks. We make them pipe fittings. <laughs> and we give them candy. Oh, okay. That, that's actually kind of nice. Yeah. Kids love candy. What kind of candy? We just give them rock with sugar. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> they just lick it like a salt lick. <laughs> they lick rock, yes. <laughs> and they enjoy this. They have nothing else to enjoy in Ukraine. <laughs> better than the gulag i guess <laughs> it is either that or they fight in war so <laughs> i feel like they have to fight in war anyway well you win some you lose some <laughs> so you wake up at 3 a.m do you wake up to a normal alarm clock is it like an internal clock situation like how does the ukrainian santa normally wake up we wake up to village caller he calls <laughs> out in the morning at 3 a.m and says wake time to work <laughs> Says these conveyor belts are not going to power themselves and also all of the other things. <laughs> Wait, how do the conveyor belts power it then? We ride on the bicycles to power the conveyor belts. Uh, yeah. We do not use uh, motors or anything. So how did you get the job as Ukrainian Santa? Because it does seem like, from your own accounts, it seems like most people work in a factory. They have a very uh, blue-collar job, if that makes sense. How did you get the job of Ukrainian Santa? I get the job for Ukrainian Ukrainian Santa from my grandfather. 
he give me job when he die. How did your grandfather die? He was impaled on spikes. <laughs> like accidentally or like an execution no, as, type thing? As punishment. As punishment. <laughs> what did he do? He woke up late. And when you wake up late in Ukraine, uh, that is the last time that you wake up. <laughs> Man, Ukraine sounds like a, a holiday. It sounds like a vacation. You enjoy it over there. Love Ukraine. Very nice place. What do you think of the United States? Too much sunshine and happiness. <laughs> when too many the, smiles, right? When the children play, they look to enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't like that. That's, if that you could bring one thing great. from Ukraine over to America and instill that here, what would that be? A work ethic. It's good. It's good. What do you think about Alan? Like, does he have a work ethic? Does he get up early enough for you? Like, you seem to be friends with him, so you must have some general respect for him. He does not get up as early as I would like. When I get on the Farmville on the Facebook.com, I see <laughs> that he is not usually on till about, I don't know, maybe like 6.30, 6.45. Alan's getting up at 6.30 in the morning playing Farmville? <laughs> <laughs> that seems like Alan, honestly. <laughs> I know to the Ukrainian Santa that might be late, but over here, Ukrainian Santa, that is an insane thing to do at 6.30 in the morning. How long does Alan stay on Farmville after his 6.30 start time? He stays logged in for rest of day. Oh. <laughs> the first thing he does when he wakes up, gets his power button on his coffee pot. Yeah. Then he hits the power button on his PC. Yeah. He says, let me boot up that Farmville. It, the sun isn't up yet, but... But Farmville is. Farmville is always up. And the Ukrainian Santa has just been on there I for have three been, hours. I have been churning away Farmville things for like three hours. So you like Farmville because you don't get enough physical labor in your real world. You also need to get virtual physical labor. In Ukraine, we are trained that physical labor is fun. <laughs> you have too much fun in your regular job, so you have to come and toil on Farmville. That is correct. You know, here in the United States, the American Santa, I guess, gets around with a reindeer, like you've said you do, and a sled. What what do you get around in as Ukrainian Santa? Ukrainian Santa uses old B-52 bomber. <laughs> How many reindeers does it take to move that thing? I, none at all. <laughs> Ukrainian Santa is also an amateur pilot. Okay, it's a working, it's a working it B-52. Is a, it is a working, working okay. plane. It takes one reindeer named Diesel. <laughs> And when it's, you know, December 25th, I assume Christmas is the same day here. You're just flying over your your villages and just dropping assortments of gifts from the B-52 bomber? Mm-hmm. The children love their rocks. We drop their rocks from the, from the plane. <laughs> so these rocks are going terminal velocity. <laughs> Not a lot of windows. Children. Not a lot of windows in Ukraine. A Ukrainian Santa doesn't follow up after gifts are given. <laughs> Maybe Russia didn't start the war. <laughs> Maybe it was Ukrainian Santa. They just mistook it for rocks flying through their roofs. For I will not stand for these allegations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, calm down, Evan. There's a real war saying, here. I'm just put planting the seed in everybody's mind, you know? Ukrainian Santa is victim. Great. It's a victim mentality. Let me just play this victim card that I brought right here. I'm going to put it on the table. You don't have any pants on. Where'd you pull that from? Wouldn't you like to know? Ukrainian pocket. <laughs> what, what are your feelings on normal Santa? You have a good relationship? Do you know each other at all? Do y'all go to Santa conventions? Good question. I do not know regular Santa. I have no need to know regular Santa. Okay. Black Santa, though? Oh. Good guy. Very good guy. He seems more like my kind of Santa anyway. Yeah. He's, he's. 
So how long are you uh, you in the States there, Ukrainian Santa? I, I will be leaving as soon as Ellen gets here. I fly over just to do podcast and then then I leave. I go back to home. So it seems like a good use of time. Yeah. <laughs> We're very appreciative to have did you, you. Did you pay for the ticket or Alan fly you out? I flew in the B-52 bomber. Oh, that's right. I forgot you had a B-52 bomber. That's why there's no more trees left on my street. It is... <laughs> It is parked on your street, but it is parallel parked on your street. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's, so it's taking up the whole road lengthwise. Yeah, the, the wing, one of the wings is sticking into your neighbor's house right now. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, who used to drive red pickup? Oh, no. Hey, Evan. Yeah, Evan I, 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 I had a red pickup. pickup yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. it how you say insured? <laughs> For acts of God, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> that's act what of, this seems to fall act under. Of Santa. <laughs> 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 Those two things are the same in Ukraine. <laughs> Santa and God. <laughs> I think I might be on right Alan? there, Ukrainian Santa. Oh, there he is. Hello, Alan. How are you doing? Uh, hello, Alan. Uh, we have been talking with Ukrainian Santa for the past 10 minutes. Oh, how was that? Get off his lap. <laughs> go to the other microphone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Ukraine. Yeah, we, uh, he's been good. He's been talking about how you have an addiction to Farmville. I don't know mm-hmm. what that is. Yeah. Well, uh, covering up. He said you wake up at 6.30 in the morning. Before the sun shines. Yeah. Mm, that doesn't sound like me. Ukrainian Santa, what are you... He's denying it. He's normal American liar. <laughs> <laughs> Only good American is Joe Biden who give us money. <laughs> Alan, Ukrainian Santa, you said he flew out just for the 10-minute segment here. He's going to fly the 17 hours back right after. Yeah, I don't think he has a lot going on. Um, <laughs> did you, when you pulled up, did you see his B-52 bomber sitting out parallel parked on the street? Yeah, it's kind of hard to miss. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it has like 140-foot wingspan. Yeah, yeah it takes a- <laughs> up the block. <laughs> it's knocked off many a chimney down the road. There are a few less trees uh, <laughs> lying in the street today. Well, uh, Ukrainian Santa, thank you for being here. Uh, maybe we'll have a yawn in the future, uh, but you know, I'm sure your life expectancy probably isn't fantastic. It is pleasure to be here. I will be back whenever, uh, whenever you need a Ukrainian Santa. I don't know when that will be, I but <laughs> the need the need comes up often yeah, a little more than you think. Yeah, it's great to have you. I didn't think we needed you today, but you just kind of showed up. So yeah. if Alan would have just welcome. been on time yeah. for once. <laughs> Thank you, Ukrainian Santa, and for everybody else, welcome to Questionable Detour. Let's jump into some hypotheticals. Dave, can I pose a somewhat abstract, purely hypothetical question? I guess I, I want to apologize for asking a hypothetical question. Well, that's a hypothetical question. Today's hypothetical, which Evan experienced here recently, is how would y'all handle taking a test drive with the vehicle salesman in the car? You know, it's a one-on-one situation, close quarters in a vehicle. How would y'all go about maybe making him comfortable and getting the most out of the test driving experience? For me, I want to know what this vehicle is going to do for me. Absolutely. You know, and kind of push it to its limits. And test drive. Test. Yeah, you really want to drive that vehicle. So kind of what I like to do is get the salesman in the back seat, me and my wife up front. So, we're, you know, we're kind of in command of the vehicle. Yeah. So we're driving. Yeah. So we're in command. And then do you wear a sailor's uniform like a captain? I try to when I when I can. Uh, if it's at the laundromat, then I really I can't. It, it's dry clean only. You you, you wear it a lot, so it yeah, needs yeah. to be washed a lot. It's dry clean only, so I, I don't have it for every occasion. Yeah, but I do like to wear that, and you know, 
act like I'm a captain at the helm, you know. <laughs> and I say, land ho, and then I kind of drive forward. <laughs> You're, you're driving more, on the land, but you're pointing out the land you're going Yeah, there's pointing, more in front of me, so I'm going to keep going on it. Do you call women just land hoes? <laughs> a mermaid would be like yeah, a water hoe. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think of like what a, I guess a normal person would be a, a land hoe. Yeah, just but a land like, hoe. Yeah, normal person is just a land hoe to me. And I like to drive at them. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> no, I just like to point at them and say, hey, land hoe. No, yeah, you just you just calling out facts. Yeah. So when you say you're in control and captain of the vehicle, you're more of a pirate captain rather than like a cruise liner captain. Yeah, and we're always in search of gold. <laughs> and hose. And, well, land hose. The next piece of that is we actually like to kind of really test drive the vehicle and mm-hmm. pretend like the salesman in the back is a future kid that we may have that may have to be <laughs> oh, in the no. back. <laughs> so not only are you test driving a vehicle, you're test driving parenthood. Yeah. Well, <laughs> once you once you do it one time, you kind of get a taste for it, and you're like... <laughs> so you, In the moment, so they were fine with you it. You and Savannah, your wife, get into the vehicle. You are maybe dressed as a pirate. I'm not sure where we landed on that. Uh, I was thinking it was more of like a old sailor's uniform. Yeah. Maybe, maybe military, not maybe. necessarily pirate. Okay. What, what, it's what actually is, more of a sailor moon. Oh, God. <laughs> Anime girl. Wow. Yeah. Okay, okay. Very uh That's very tough. Uh, less. <laughs> lot really really leggy, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> so you get in there in the Sailor Moon costume, your wife, I'm sure, is rolling her eyes and sighing what? a lot. <laughs> and you, you treat the salesman as a as a child. As a child. As a future yeah. child. Okay. Where does it go from there? Well, wherever the road takes me. And <laughs> I like to kind of just go down the road and the, the driver, I want to see him out of my rear view and be like, hey, you okay back there, champ? Yeah, yeah. You know? You're checking on your child. You're yeah, practicing you're checking on being him. a parent. Yeah. And we'll get him a little phone and kind of put it up there so we can watch something yeah. while we're driving. <laughs> Do you fit him in a car seat? Do you have like a car seat? You go you go sit in that. Or yeah. is he like a big a big boy so he doesn't have to use one anymore? <laughs> well, he's a big boy. He grew and out and of he's that. like 350 pounds. Well, yeah. He's too big for the seat. So <laughs> we have to get a new seat. And it's just the whole thing. But he's a, he's a big boy. And we like to, you know, make sure he's comfortable back there. Sure. And we like to check on him every now and then. What really kind of puts it over the top is when they do buy into the whole Oh, fact gosh. That I bet child. that's weird. And they're like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> mm-hmm. Is that because you've been driving around in the car, you're test driving for 12 hours straight, and they're literally saying, are we back at the dealership? Yeah, that's why we tried to get a hybrid so we could stay out there as long as we could. <laughs> Good call. Yeah, Eco-friendly, and it kind of fits your MO. Yeah. I, I, I like it. Yeah. And I like to swerve into traffic every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Is that... Does that have to do with the baby thing, or is it just kind no, of No, that's fun? just test driving. It's just <laughs> that's just a test drive. You want to see how the car reacts to it. You want to see other people's cars react to it. Yeah. I, you want to see how every uh, every car on the road is going to react to you Because, you know, people only drive out of the way of other vehicles if they think that vehicle's nice. Exactly. If it's a clunker, yeah. they're heading right straight yeah, to it. Yeah, they're like, mm-hmm. I want my insurance payment out of this one. <laughs> That's right. But if it's a nice car, they're going to be like, whoa, don't want to mess that thing up. Too nice. <laughs> How do you get all the baby supplies in the car? Because this is not your vehicle, and you are creating an infant-like person out of the salesman. Do you carry the pacifier and bonnet and maybe adult diapers into the car dealership with you? Yeah, well, we have them in a backpack, and we carry our okay. uh, well, baby bag. That makes yeah, sense. our baby bag with us, and put it in the car. And once he gets in, we, we kind of fasten him down. You yeah. know, put a seatbelt on for him, kiss him on his forehead. Yeah, give him a little kiss on the forehead. Kind of, if he's hungry, if he hasn't eaten in a while, we'll go ahead and feed. 
feed him while we're driving. So Savannah will sit back there with him and <laughs> kind of spoon feed him uh, while. Okay, he's on the solid driving. food. After he's done eating, do you uh, do you kind of pick him up in your arms and sort of burp him a bit? <laughs> do you do it while driving? Yeah, Savannah will pass him up to me and. <laughs> A 350-pound man? <laughs> that y'all are sweating by the end of that. That it It is half the reason I swerve into traffic. Because yeah. <laughs> I just can't see past him. But it has to be done. Yeah. Um, that's what you I would do with a real him. child. He'll yeah. get grumpy if you don't burp him. Exactly. He won't go to sleep. I bet your legs have fallen asleep after 10 minutes of having him on your lap. <laughs> You're having trouble. Hitting the brake pedal and gas pedal because you can't feel your legs anymore. Yeah. So I'm thinking about getting a self-driving car just to kind of not have to worry about that. It'll and I can be like burp, a third parent. Yeah, I can burp my test drive baby anytime I want. How does the test drive end? Oh, we just pull back into the dealership, park the car, and we all get out and go home. Okay. okay. But you don't go home together. The, no, the, the salesman goes... He just goes back to his, his job, yeah. He, go, he just like goes to so the next you, test drive. You have taken his mind completely scrambled it thinking he's your <laughs> child and then 12 hours later you abandon him <laughs> this is just a test drive he knows that going into it this is just a test mm. drive so if at the end of the 12 that's hours, actually what he was screaming at you when he first got in and realized what you were doing is he was saying this is just <laughs> a test drive i mm. bet it's an awkward jaunt back into the offices for him as he just spent 12 hours being fed, burped, and treated like an infant, and he has to go back to his normal 9-to-5 job. I bet he is just staring blankly at that computer. Just <laughs> right through that screen. Do you think he it's just a goes and just lays down on the office floor and just poops? <laughs> <laughs> just right, right in his pants, yeah. <laughs> They're like, what are you doing, John? Like, Don't the- worry, somebody's going to be here to fix this. <laughs> I got a daddy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a readjustment period for sure, and I'm not liable for that. He knew it was a test drive. Yeah, he's an adult. He's an adult. Despite how you treated him, he still is an adult. <laughs> how many test kids do you have so far? Uh, Well, I mean, we've test driven about seven cars, so seven, yeah. There are seven screwed up people in this world, then, yes. at Oof. least. There's no way they're assimilating back into life. <laughs> yeah, they got a lot to work on mentally you, after that. Twelve hours or however long. That's, it, it must be a long test drive. Do you see the stages of Stockholm Syndrome happening? Like, do you see the denial and the anger that they're being kidnapped? And then maybe you slowly start seeing them mold into the child that you want? Yeah. Well, it's really more evident in the way that at the beginning, they're trying to call the police. Sure. And by the end of it, they're kind of waving the police off, you know? They're like, hey, these guys aren't that bad. With the rattle in their head, I'm sure. Yeah, and he's like, False these guys aren't bad. Yeah, yeah and I didn't mean to call you. It was a, it was a butt dial. They're like, you specifically said you were being kidnapped in a Treated. white Toyota hunt. And then Highlander. he's like, well, I'm baby, so I yeah. mean, what <laughs> I, do I know? I'm just a baby. Babies can't call the police. <laughs> they're like, the cops are like, uh, okay, and they're like, I don't know what kind of fetish this is. <laughs> My little test baby's like, hey, you want some of this applesauce? <laughs> <laughs> Stuff is good. Uh, <laughs> Puts you right to sleep. He offers that <laughs> nasty, mushy baby food. <laughs> like just mashed peas. Yeah, I think yeah. we got peas and sweet potatoes. <laughs> That's a mashed carrot. Get you a, get you a mouthful of this Gerber. <laughs> hey, Mr. Policeman, you want a little smushed kale and blueberries? Because, boy, do I have that puree for you. 
Yeah, it's a it's a whole process. We just want to make sure we're getting the best car for us, sure, for our sure. situation. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. That's, that's, that's all, all that matters. matters. People are so worried about the salesman getting something over on them yeah. that you you fail to realize that maybe maybe it's that customer that's gonna it's gonna mess with <laughs> yeah. you. Maybe it's the customer you should be worried of. <laughs> that's good. How Savannah's so in on this? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. You can okay. you can ask her. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting tactic. You said interesting. It's an interesting tactic. Implies that you don't think it's good? I don't think it implies that I don't think it's good. I think it implies that I think it is interesting. That sounds like a man that's never treated another grown man as an infant. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know need to go on a little test drive with me I one time. I do not I'm never getting in a car with no, you. No, me me and Savannah will treat you right. Uh <laughs> I start opening that back door and y'all are just giving me some eyes. I'm like, Mm-mm, never mind. I'm out. <laughs> Buddy, the child the child locks will be on. Yeah, you won't yeah, be able to open that door. No, no, I'm not getting in. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, let me let me just put a little baby bib on you one time. <laughs> Look, if they if if they come up to that to that car salesman and they're like, We'll pay cash. They're in that back seat yeah, no matter what. Done. There's there's not there's nothing they can do to keep them out of that car. <laughs> but uh okay. Alan, you go buy a new car. Take it for a test drive. What do you do? What do you do with a new car? What do you do with a salesman that's taking a ride with you? What I do, I make sure it's it's just me and me and the salesman. I'm not inviting any friends along. Uh, I want this to be sort of intimate. We weren't uh, asking. <laughs> you guys are you you guys are not invited. You don't even bring your wife, like. No, this is this is just this is just me and the salesman. Very I really intimate. want to get to know this guy <laughs> because I've got a lot of important things to talk to him about, namely my addictions. <laughs> Nothing about the car. No, I actually don't care about the car. <laughs> what I need is I need to get him in that car, and we need to be moving so he can't get out. So he's yeah. forced to listen to what I have to say. So you're treating him as a kidnap therapist. Yes, yes. <laughs> Initially, I feel like, and this uh, this has happened with you guys, when I ask you to talk about my problems, y'all just kind of like, ah, yeah, we really, can get out. Yeah. Don't really want to. Don't really want to do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Frightening yeah. your mind. Yeah, it is a frightening. Really, place. would rather it stay uh, stay away. Pandora's box. Yeah, yeah. But that's not the case when you lock the car doors and drive eighty miles an hour down the interstate <laughs> with somebody in your passenger seat. There's no, there's nowhere that they're going. Well, they're going except they're for just, wherever I'm going. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Lord, walk us through how it normally goes for you. So you, you pull up the dealership, you talk to the salesman, you entice him with a high dollar car. Well, you don't, I mean, you know, car salesmen, you don't really have to entice them. They sit there on their golf carts like buzzards, just, yeah, just waiting for you. They think they're going to pull a fast one on me. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, howdy, <laughs> were they wrong. Let me ask you this. So I know we established it's just you and him in the car, mm-hmm. but does your wife come with you to the dealership and you kind of leave her at the dealership? <laughs> no, she says, please go tell your problems to someone else. <laughs> oh, okay. She's the one that she, is. Okay, I'm, I'm kind of sick of this. You're going to need to talk to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, those salesmen do not understand what they are about to get into when they come up no. with that big greasy smile asking, what are you looking for today? You, you I'm say, looking for answers. I said an outlet. <laughs> Help. <laughs> and they think that I'm talking about an electric car. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so that's what they suggest. Um, so that's what we get in. We ride around and I just unload all my problems on this therapist. <laughs> Is your initial question to them how how many problems can this baby hold? That's right. I slap the hood and I say, <laughs> what's the problem storage space in here? How many secrets can this one keep? <laughs> What's the uh, how many problems to the gallon does this get? 
And he's like, uh, I don't know, because that's not a thing. Yeah. And you're like, we're about to find out. That's right. <laughs> Everybody's we're always worried about that PPG. <laughs> <laughs> so you get in. Yeah, I, I'm sure he's very confused when you immediately lock the doors. Yeah, the, the little... yeah. He's confused, but he's not confused for long because I immediately tell him my problem. I let him know that I'm addicted to melting butter and drinking it. That's gross. <laughs> And I assume you don't have any segue into that admission. It's just a if you can if you can come up with a segue to casually introduce that into a conversation, I'd love to hear it. Okay, let me see if I can come up with a segue. Um, maybe my my belly gurgles a little bit. Mm-hmm. You you know you pat it, look over me, look over to him, and go, man, you know what I could use a, a, a gallon of melted butter. Mm-hmm. And he's like, <laughs> the crap is wrong with you. <laughs> And then you well, explain your addiction. Or you just uh, I'll tell you what's wrong with me. <laughs> I have about two gallons of it a day. <laughs> Boy howdy, my arteries clogged. I have a camelback strapped to me where I'm just I've been drinking melted butter <laughs> since we've been in this car. It's starting to congeal a little yeah. bit. <laughs> Clogging the pipes. <laughs> Of this camelback. If I pass out, are you comfortable with taking the wheel? <laughs> Don't drink my butter. <laughs> so my question was, what is the time average from door close to you spitting out, I'm addicted to drinking butter? If things go well, it's under a minute. Okay, oh, okay. Well, that's, that's more time than, than I thought. thought yeah. yeah, I thought you, it was like let him sit in silence for yeah. a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we don't. Yeah, we, I, I don't say anything until I say that. Yeah, I thought it was just like I'm addicted to eating butter. <laughs> <laughs> I let I let yeah. him sit here and give me Carfax for about forty five seconds without me responding at all. I bet you're just heavy breathing. Yeah, understanding <laughs> that you're about to unload all the mental crap that you got, and you just drop the butter bomb on him. <laughs> So you admit your first addiction. Mm-hmm. What he probably is confused, but still he'll do any he'll, he'll do anything to, yeah. to sell the car. So. Yeah, I mean he's met weird people before. Now what's the next thing you usually admit? I say, how many gallons of butter do you think the trunk can hold? <laughs> and he says something along the lines of, I, "I've never been asked that. It's not watertight, so it'll probably leak." It's not looking good for the sale of this car. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He, he probably says, butter's a big deal to you, isn't it? I say butter is the only deal to me. <laughs> so when I wake up in the morning and throw off my butter sheets, <laughs> just just what? sheets that have butter sticks printed on them. I thought okay. it was like the okay. wrapper from butter. <laughs> yeah. you, you put them all together. That would be disgusting. <laughs> okay, yeah, no. oh, he's a liar. Right. Okay. When I wake up and I, I go to the bathroom to brush my teeth with a stick of butter, just, just to get the morning started, warm me up a nice piping hot cup of melted butter. <laughs> I don't, what was the question? <laughs> I'm just talking about butter now. <laughs> sweating over there. <laughs> yeah, just heavy breathing, sweating. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I sweats the... like congealing on his face. <laughs> yeah, I bet <laughs> you smell gross. great. If you consume that much butter, okay, well, is the whole car ride about butter or do you admit other addictions? No, I have other problems. I tell him about the time that for roughly six months, I thought that the farm goat was my dad. (laughs) Wait, what? Was it your first six months or when was the six month period? It was age seven. Okay, okay. So Mm -hmm. within your foundational years. Wait, you thought for six months when you were seven that a Mm -hmm. farm goat was your father? Yes. Why are you confused by that? I don't. Oh, no. It seems pretty uh, straightforward. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I now, <laughs> is this the goat that's making the butter? Yo. Are you- <laughs> <laughs> 
Did you think you were eating your father's byproduct? <laughs> what I saw was somebody providing for us, and I thought that that was my dad. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! So it's uh, gross. You unload that you love butter, mm-hmm. unhealthily love butter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you unload that you have daddy problems, but not I'm going to become a stripper one day. Daddy problems. No, no. Daddy problems of I thought a farm animal was my father. Yeah, it was it was a rough time. Um, at at age seven, I was going through quite a bit. My dad had left. Um, and he didn't leave for long. He came back within the hour. But I have such a <laughs> I have such severe abandonment issues that I latched on to the first thing that I saw, and that was a goat. And you thought that for six months, even mm-hmm. though he came back within an yeah, hour. He was he was there the whole time. <laughs> It wasn't until six months later the family finally got fed up of just the whole situation and they butchered the goat. <laughs> was that that ended the six months? It did. So yeah, you didn't yeah. you didn't helpfully come out of this belief. They killed the goat in front of you, aka your father. In yeah, front of you. yeah, and and as it's understood with fathers, the person that kills the father figure of your life is your father. <laughs> I think everybody's aware of that. No. It's yeah, a, it's a pretty. Yeah. Pretty standard uh, Genghis Khan situation. Right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you don't go into this test drive with the salesman because we are still in a test drive. That's oh, right. Yeah, we're, That's still still right. we're still here. <laughs> we're still here. Do you go into this test drive with a salesman thinking that he is then your father? Is it kind of one of those situations? What I'm kind of trying to see is maybe if he could be. Evan's test driving a yeah. family. Yeah, You're test driving yeah. a family too. You know, I, I want him. I want him to first off as a therapist to see if he can to see if he can just hear my problems and hear me out. And then if he does a good job at that, maybe he can be my dad. Yeah. What a better place to find family than the Toyota-thon mm-hmm. sales event. Ford Truck Month, really. <laughs> um, a great a, a great month-long uh, experience. So as you unload all of your, your demons on, on this person, what is his general reaction kind of by the end of it? I would assume he's crying more than you. First he wants to get out, and then... He kind of realizes what he stumbled into, and he sees how vulnerable I am in this situation. Generally, he tries to take advantage of me. Oh. Not in a weird way. <laughs> he, ba- he basically says, well, if you buy this car, you and I are locked into an agreement. I can be that father figure you're looking for. Yeah. So I'm willing to sign whatever he gives me. <laughs> You got a father with a 9% mm-hmm. interest rate. <laughs> interest rate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Locked in. Locked in. <laughs> Five-year loan that's going to put your debt-to-income ratio at... That's right, that's right. Just, but at the end, my dad-to-income ratio, that's what we're focused on. Yeah. Good ratio at that point. <laughs> you have a lot of cars in your driveway. How many dads you got? <laughs> yeah, I was about to ask, what happened to your... Regular dad. Regular dad's still here. I see him all the time. <laughs> you just really needed another one? I, I like getting moral support from father figures. Okay. okay. So you if just I, want as much as you can. I get. want a father figure everywhere I go. He has daddy problems. No, I get it. I get it. When I go to a restaurant, I want that waiter to tell me I'm doing a good job. <laughs> tell when him I order, I want him to say, hey, that's a, that's a good choice, son. <laughs> so my tactic with buying a new vehicle and taking a test drive is I want the salesman that is riding around with me to be as comfortable as possible, right? Because I, I, I care about how they feel. I care about what they think. So I wanted them to be comfortable. So immediately when I get in, I tell them to take off their shoes. It's an immediate thing. Because when you're home in your house, what's what do you, you don't, you take off your shoes. That's, yeah. if you're uncomfortable, I don't. I you don't. don't. Most people do. You, but, you know, I want him to be comfortable when you're in a comfortable location. You take off your shoes. I tell him to take off your shoes. It's, it's a command. Mm-hmm. Very, I yell it. 
like aggressively. Do you have a pair of warm socks for him to put on after he takes them off? Warmed by my own breath. Uh You're breathing on just a minute. (laughs) They'll be ready shortly. Yeah, yeah, I, I self-warm them. And then as we get to driving, kind of cruising, we're chatting about the vehicle. He, His feet are nice and warm. As, we, as we're as we driving, I, my friend Poor Greg comes from behind the seat. His name is Poor Greg? <laughs> yeah, Poor Greg. First name Poor, last name Greg? Uh, no, Poor it, is his financial status. As uh, It's kind of like from <laughs> yeah. last week with the Lumberjacks, like... <laughs> Poor is his job. Yeah, Greg I, is his name. Maybe I got that subliminal. <laughs> the Lumberjacks had a job. This is just, he doesn't have a lot of money in the bank. poor Greg. Okay. Hey, okay. Poor Greg. And he's, I, he snuck into the back. And what poor Greg does at this point is lowers the seat back of the passenger seat where the salesman sit. Mm-hmm. What poor Greg does is starts giving him an old school 1930s haircut and shave. He <laughs> starts lathering up his face, shaving cream and takes out that very long, sharp, mm-hmm. straight razor and starts hitting on that belt to sharpen it. Uh-huh. And then he just starts shaving starts shaving the uh, salesman and doesn't move around as much as you think because when you have a straight razor mm-hmm. to your neck, yeah, not moving around a lot. It's poor Greg, like, while he's shaving his neck, is he like, so what'd you say the price of this car was again? <laughs> <laughs> he might threaten him a little yeah. bit. <laughs> poor Greg cares about money because he doesn't have yeah. a lot of it. <laughs> just a slight insinuation of Are you harm. and poor Greg going in together to buy this car? What like what is his what is his job here? Well, I'm, I'm getting to it. We we have a direction. Okay, not only okay. In the vehicle, but with their tactics here. Poor Greg, he's just helping me out. He's a good friend. He's pouring money, but not pouring friendship. So he he starts shaving, and after the salesman gets a nice close shave, he what happens is we um we want to feed him, want to feed the salesman. So what we do is we break out a picnic basket, we set it on his lap, and have a little picnic on his lap. Oh, Yogi he's, Bear style. Yeah, old Yogi Bear style, and he's all leaned back, so comfortable with warm socks. I'll bet he is. A fresh like shave. It. People and, eating lunch off of him. It, <laughs> <laughs> an incoming meal. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what. What do you normally guys? What do you guys normally have for a picnic? I we 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 have cereal. <laughs> we have cereal um, <laughs> on this guy's lap. We, you know, we lay out the the blanket and have the classic picnic basket. basket. Do you have bowls? Do we have what? Do you have bowls? We do have bowls. Okay. Just making sure you weren't just eating it out of his lap, literally. <laughs> but you buy those big feed sacks of cereal. <laughs> <laughs> the Sam's Club one. Yeah. <laughs> It's just one big bowl. <laughs> we're, all, we're all eating out of a community bowl. And I'm not a great driver. I'm hitting the brakes and hitting potholes. So. You're eating a punch bowl of cereal. Yeah. <laughs> and when i hitting all those potholes and hitting the brakes, his crotch is soaked with milk. Yeah, but, it's, just, mm. it's a wet crotch, which very comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> you had me on the first two. <laughs> But like a comfortable, warm socks, clean shave, food in his belly, what every man wants. Well, I drug him. I realize that that is a man. common occurrence with me, but it drugging people get it solves a lot of problems. It had to come in there somewhere. Yeah, but it's not what you think. I'm not taking advantage of him. What I'm doing is I have written his resume for him. Mm-hmm. And as he's asleep, I drive him around to different business establishments. <laughs> I submit his resume uh, to these different business establishments because he probably doesn't like his job, right? Sure. Uh, he's a car salesman. Yeah. I don't know him well. I just met the guy, so his resumes are just made up. They, mm-hmm. he, It says he speaks Japanese. It says that... He's a veteran, he's but a, not sure what side. <laughs> <laughs> but you just met the guy. He can't blame you for you know things that you don't know right. about him. I mean, I'm just trying to help the guy out. I, who cares if I put war crimes on his resume? Yeah. 
who cares? But, you know, I'm just, I'm taking it different places. I'm taking it to the, the Jiffy Lube. I'm taking it to uh, McDonald's. I, if I run by a hospital, I'll submit his resume to be a surgeon. Mm-hmm. He's probably yeah. not qualified. Well, he's qualified because I made up the fact that he went to medical yeah. school. Yeah. yeah. All that. Very good resume. And again, you don't know the guy, so you're just throwing it at random places, like the adult bookstore down the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I look like a paper boy. Just driving down the road and just tossing it out the window. Yeah. You have your, your 20s Newsies hat on. Yeah. <laughs> Get your resumes here. <laughs> Fresh resume off the press. Off I, the pull, press. I pull up through the drive-thru and the poor minimum wage girl is trying to take my money. I'm just like, here, take this. This is more than money. And she looks into that car and it's just me, poor Greg. And uh, <laughs> the salesman just passed out. <laughs> Passed out with a bowl of cereal on his lap. Do you think this is going to make great. poor Greg mad that he's so poor, doesn't have a job, yet you're trying to get a job for somebody else that already has one? I honestly forgot poor Greg was even there. Poor Greg is always, he's here right now with us. Oh, God. <laughs> it's him curled up on the floor like a dog <laughs> under Zach. Yeah, no, poor, poor Greg's happy being unemployed. Otherwise, how would he get to do things like this with me? <laughs> He had a nine to five. Couldn't do that, right? No. Why do you keep touching my feet? Yeah. Down. Get out. Get great on get. Get off my rug. Make it smell like wet dog. <laughs> but then you know, as as the day goes on, he's still asleep. I did not dish out the medication well. He's knocked out. He's still alive. I checked his pulse, but he's True. knocked out. So then I go and do his job for him. I turn into the car salesman and then take people for test drives. And so when they get in the driver's seat, I'm sitting in the passenger seat. My butt's wet because of the milk. And uh, they turn around and they see poor Greg. (laughs) And a man passed out with a very wet crotch. I'm sure that's a sight for anybody just to see poor Greg. Cheerios just coming out of his mouth. Poor Greg's still feeding him. He didn't finish. <laughs> I thought you were talking about poor Greg had Cheerios coming out of his he mouth. Does. That's just, it's in his beard, you know? Yeah. He does. And I'm just sitting in that passenger seat smiling. I'm about to make a sale. Because <laughs> you buy a car when you see that. You don't trust the, the unhingedness of that salesman. You're worried you could be next. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know. We don't drive back to the dealership. The salesman just kind of wakes up in some cornfield 30 miles away, yeah. just in an empty car. All the doors were open. Yep. <laughs> the car battery's dead. You smell a fire somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have a shirt. <laughs> Point being, he got some sleep. He got food. He got his resume out to so many different jobs. He's comfortable. I, I do it for the people. He's yeah, never been more comfortable. I, I think that's good because, you know, you never see a well-rested car salesman. (laughs) They always look like they're burning the candle at both ends, one lost cigarette away from a nervous breakdown, you know. (laughs) You you did this guy a favor, I I think. Absolutely. That's what I think, too. Me and poor Greg are out saving one life at a time. Not poor Greg's life. He hasn't well, really been a You will much help anybody out, but poor Greg. <laughs> Listen, poor Greg lives better than any of us. All right? He lives free. He's like a parasitic relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm doing I'm doing the world justice one car salesman at a time. All right. So our next segment is brought to you by our wonderful listeners. Uh, mm-hmm. we have people sending in telegraphs, 
carrier pigeons, uh, regular mail, you know, um, sending in just requests for advice from the three wisest people that they know. Absolutely. A couple of old wise and sages. Yep. And so that's what we're going to do next. So let's hop into advice. How can I help? What can I do? I want to do a nice thing for you. I need help. All right. Our next advice comes from a listener named Tim. He says, Today marks five days without alcohol for me. I love how I've been feeling, but today I was hit with the urge to have some whiskey or beers when that low feeling hit me. I'm on SSRIs that do help, but I just wanted to see if anyone who is sober has advice or can recommend things that they like to do when they're feeling a bit down to keep their mind occupied or distracted. First of all, congratulations, five days sober. I'm sure they have a chip for that. So Tim? It's a barbecue Lay's. <laughs> uh, cool Ranch Dorito. <laughs> um, Tim, here's what I do when I'm five days sober. I go out at night when it's dark. I take out the street lights with a slingshot and rocks. I don't want any light being out there. What did I do is I go into people's crawl spaces and I crawl around in their vents and I answer their prayers. <laughs> I crawl right over their bedroom and when they're praying, I speak back to them. I answer their prayers and that gives back. If you, if you ever feel like you need to feel better or you, you if you ever feel depressed, help somebody else out. And that's what I do. I, I, I go and answer people's prayers with a soft, whispery voice coming from the intake vent. You know, I give them something, some hope and some faith. That certainly is one way to one way to go about it. Does anybody ever thank you for that, you think? Oh, yeah. And mostly they thank me after they go, please leave. And I go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they hear me just banging and stomping through <laughs> their vents. And leaving the house. Do you ever, you think you would celebrate with a drink after that? Yeah. <laughs> I was drinking the whole time in the vent. <laughs> they were like, does this house smell like alcohol? <laughs> Why does the God keep slurring his words? <laughs> it was like a baseball stadium in here. <laughs> and my version of God has a Hispanic accent, so it's very fun. <laughs> oh, it's very no. fun for him. Oh, dear. Short and sweet, what do y'all do? What advice would y'all give to Michael? I would say, Michael, you need something to fill your time. You've spent all this time being a drunk and just drinking nonstop. You're, you're five days sober, but you're getting that itch. Start a cockfighting ring. <laughs> it's going to... It's going to take your time. You're going to have to organize it. You're going to have to find the roosters. You're going to have to find the location. Plus, you might get your little addiction filled with a little bit of gambling. It's it's just gonna it's just gonna be something to take up time, and you're not going to be thinking about the drink anymore. Listen, there's, that's great advice. There's no better way to resolve an addiction than replacing it with another addiction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People don't realize how much work goes into illegal activities like cockfighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. mean, people automatically assume if you're a, a, a cockfight ringmaster mm-hmm. that you're some uh, ne'er-do-well or slacker. Like, you don't work. But it goes. it's a lot of effort that goes into organizing a cockfight. I think that's great advice. I think, how does he get chickens? Like, how do you think he should start? I would say... <sighs> Just just go rob a chicken farm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like if they've got a chicken farm, they probably have enough. What's one or two missing gonna gonna really do to their operation as a whole? Um, but you know, just just put those uh, spurs on the end of those roosters, and when you just hear them cutting meat in the middle of a fight, you're gonna think, man, I'm I'm so glad I didn't didn't turn to the bottle. <laughs> All right, Evan. What advice do you give to Tim? The n- number one way to Stop thinking about drinking is 
you really need to frame drinking in a bad light so that in your mind, you know, when you think of that drink, you think of that sip from that bottle, it doesn't seem as enticing to you because you associate the alcohol with something bad. Now, what I think you should do in order to associate it in your mind with something bad is to draw pictures of beer just doing illegal activities. Draw a whiskey bottle holding up a bank. Um, <laughs> trying to rob it. Draw a nice 12-pack of bush light. Cold. Cold. Just the Refreshing. mountains are... Refreshing. <laughs> so, just a crisp. A crisp 12-pack. <laughs> of natty light. Just massacring a family. Just gunning them down in daylight. And would you say he should tape them to the walls? Well, what I was going to suggest is you package those nice little drawings that you've obviously colored and made realistic. You package those up, put them in a piece of mail, mail those to your local politician. (laughs) Um, Maybe just towards the White House and just kind of let them know what you think about alcohol. (laughs) So you can try to... You know, put put it in a bad light in their minds too, and Absolutely. start the cascading effect of. You're kind of gunning for a new alcohol. prohibition, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> well, if I can't have it, no one can. That's right. That's so, right. That's I think that's the best way to attack this. Oh, I, I, <laughs> those uh, those politicians will think you're trying to attack something. That's great. I think. Yeah. I don't know if that'll help them get rid of the alcohol, thought of alcohol, or only drive it further. As he seems like he's a crazy person, just doodling and. <laughs> Taping the picture to his walls with strings, going one from one picture to the other, and Listen, people walk into his house and are like, "What? Who is this guy?" A man drawing a handle of fireball, lighting a children's playground on fire, <laughs> is not a thing a crazy person would do. It's a sane person's it thing. It shows to do. how bad alcohol is yeah. and the damage it does. Exactly, it, it frames it in a normal person's mind in a bad light. He is trying to stay sober, Zach. <laughs> He has to get there somehow. I apologize. Oh, there you go, Tim. Three great pieces of advice <laughs> to get to help you with your sobriety. I am sure that if you try any of them or all of them, you, you have to now. You will drive everybody else to drinking, <laughs> but you won't drink anymore. That's the, that's the point of your email. Your friends and family may may turn to the bottle, but you won't. All right. This last one is from Linux, titled "Where Should We Talk." Says, this girl from Hinge hinted at a date by saying, maybe you can take me without me mentioning anything about a date in her second message about recommending a restaurant. She isn't able to go the day I mentioned, so I asked her what other weekend would work out and let her pick the day. If she messages me back and picks a day, should I ask her what her number is and talk there or keep it on Hinge until we meet up? So basically asking prior to his date, should he get her number and text her or just keep talking to her on the dating app? And Well, congratulations, Linux. Getting you a date. You should absolutely text her, Bullcrank. Get her number. Text her 45 times in 10 minutes. Just saying number question mark. Number question mark. Number question mark. Number question mark. That for 10 minutes straight. As many texts as you can get in, right? She'll give you her number. And when she inevitably does, because you have driven her insane, take her down to the docks. Stay in the shadows. (laughs) Show her crab fishing traps. (laughs) (laughs) They're not yours, but show them to her. Start free-handing crabs right out of that. 
Tell her facts about the crabs. Of course, you don't know anything about crabs because who does? Just make up some facts about the crabs. She'll be impressed by your knowledge. She'll be impressed that you seem to only stay in the dark and never come out in the light. But that is a great way to get girls. It's a great way to get girls. I Never let them see your face. <laughs> and girls just, they love crab facts historically. <laughs> I've heard they love all crustacean type facts. Yeah. Uh, you can get a lobster fact in there every now yeah. and then. Whatever cage you pull up, it doesn't have to be crabs, I guess. Whatever, just start grabbing, yanking on ropes that are going down into the water. And whatever comes up, just give facts about it. <laughs> Who among us hasn't been in a, a situation where you want to talk to your significant other about something meaningful and important and she's like, no, no, tell me where horseshoe crabs live. <laughs> <laughs> tell her that horseshoe crabs are the actually horseshoes, and that's what they put on the bottom of horses. That's where they get them. Literally, literally horseshoe crabs. Tell her that fact. That one's on me. Free for you, Linux. You have a stupid name. I can't <laughs> believe it's free. My goodness. <laughs> it's so you know good. how much I charge for facts? Anyway, that's that's mine. Uh, what do y'all think Linux should do to get the girl's number, and where should, uh, where should he take her? I think he shouldn't get her number. That seems very forward. Send her a note. Via courier service. Absolutely. Don't use the regular mail. You want you want it to get there fast. Send it via a bicycle messenger. When he arrives to her house, just sweaty, drenched in sweat, <laughs> handing that damp letter to to her, says, "Meet me at the Captain D's." Classy, Classy. place. Because you want a place that's intimate and quiet. Mm-hmm. Nobody's in a Captain D's. There's not even. <laughs> There's not even really employees in a Captain D's. You've got the place to yourselves. Got just a variety of poorly fried seafood. And really, you'll know... at Captain D's right now. (laughs) Really, you'll know if she's interested, if she calls you back after that. Absolutely. Because things can only get better from Captain D's. And really, Captain D's is a great place to also give crap facts. You can also give... Can also give crab facts. Uh, Girls love crab facts. You say like, you know this thing about coconut crabs though. They actually used to be coconuts. When they fell from the tree and hit the ground, they gained sentience and pincers. <laughs> and she's gonna be thinking, well, my gosh, I've never heard of that before. She'll be happy to know you. Yeah, and she'll be like, man, look at this guy giving me crab facts as he tears into a poorly fried piece of fish fillet and a hush puppy. <laughs> That may or may not be actual fish. Your tartar sauce is running down his mouth. <laughs> Sweating. Trying to, trying to eat the Captain Y'all, y'all went in after hours. There's no yeah. AC in that No, D's. no. I think that's great. I like how we, we disagreed on whether or not he should ask for a number, but we agreed on seafood's the way to go. Everything goes back to crabs. <laughs> There's nothing like giving a girl crabs. All right, Evan, what should he do? I don't know. For me, this is a little tougher one, but... Because you have a hard time with women. Well, I wouldn't say that. I just have a different thought process okay. when it comes to this than you do. Give him you, some variety. You guys do. Yeah. Give him some variety. I, I don't think a lot about crabs and fish with women. What I think about is will this woman make a good partner? Is this someone I want to spend my time with, deep, right? Deep. Very exactly. Good. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> very good. Um... <laughs> So in order to kind of figure that out and kind of on par with other things we've talked about that you want to take this relationship with a test drive. You want to <laughs> test drive this relationship. So to do that, you sure you ask for her number and then when you give your number back to her, you give one of your friends numbers. Oh. You send her the address for the meetup and it's your friend's house. You hook her up with your friend to see if it's worth being in a relationship mm-hmm. with her. 
So you you kind of monitor their relationship. You put a camera in his house, sure, and watch from bushes. Exactly. And trees. You see how they interact to see if hey, is this uh, some this woman someone I kind of want to be with? Yeah. You know? Go into their vents. Yeah. Answer their prayers. Answer some prayers. <laughs> it's never a bad strategy, especially if you do it in a Mexican accent. <laughs> And once you're sure, you kind of step in there, throw your friend in the closet, maybe lock him in, cask of Amadeo him into the basement, sure, you know, sure. brick him up, and then she's yours. Absolutely. Then then you can pursue her in a relationship. That that doesn't seem unhinged at all. <laughs> I told you, my advice was way different than yours. <laughs> Because we're all together in this podcast, we need to we need to all be kind of on on the same page. What crab fact would you <laughs> would you give when you enter in your friend's house like a superhero, standing with your hands on your hips? You're like, it is me who is your soulmate. What you need something fact? to stand you apart from yeah. your friend. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I step in and I say, it is me who is your soulmate. <laughs> Blue crabs are this way because when it rains, the blue sky makes them blue. <laughs> Gosh. That sounds factual, not made up at all. I don't know enough to correct it. <laughs> there you go, Linux. There's three great ways to win over that girl. You will have a wife in no time because you will be like, this is the mate. This is my soulmate. Never will you meet a guy that knows so many crab facts mm. and takes you to nice restaurants like Captain D's <laughs> and test drives you with his friends. <laughs> There is some advice from the three wisest men on the planet. Yeah. That, listen, you don't have to. Wait, you do have to. <laughs> you do. You do have to do this stuff. If you write in and we tell you advice, you have to do it. But it's all for the better. Your life's going to be better because of it. I do want to clarify one thing on this. Do they have to do all three or do they only have to do one of them? I think the clause, not Ukrainian clause, no. but I think <laughs> the clause says that he, they have to do at least one. At least one. They are able to do all three. I think the way we specified is legally they have to do one, but the success rate is tripled when they do all three. Right, yeah, yeah. So it's in their best interest to do all three. It increases exponentially. Okay, that makes more sense. I just want to make sure we're all clear on that. Yeah, y'all have to do it now. So go ahead and uh, write back in. Tell us what the outcome of it was. Which one did you pick? Uh, Or did you pick all three? Those are the only options. (laughs) Send us your crab facts. Yeah, we want to hear at least one crab fact. Give us a crab fact. everyone. But anyway, there you go. There's a great example of advice. Uh, If you need advice or you have a hypothetical that you want us to answer, uh, write in. Questionabledetourpodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys. I know we just gave a bunch of wisdom Mm. out, but it is tradition to give one-liner wisdom. Evan, what one-liner wisdom do you have? Eyes are the windows to the soul. And if you don't clean those bad boys, they get murky and dirty and get dirt all over them. Kind of some streaks over here every now and then. If, if you leave the blinds open, you'll get glares on your TV monitor. And yeah, I don't think that was wisdom as much as a stream mm. of consciousness <laughs> from heaven, which you do not want to be in that head. <laughs> Just clean your windows. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's my advice. All right, Alan, one liner wisdom. <laughs> not that anybody's going to top that stream of pure knowledge, but I'll give it a go. Um, we all know that orange juice is good, but there are some cups you just shouldn't drink out of. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> Look out for the cups, I guess. I don't know. Clean cups. I don't know. <laughs> Do your dishes, I guess. I don't know. Oh man, there you go. Wisdom. Wisdom all around. That whole, that, so much wisdom. <laughs> but there you go. There you go, guys. You want to be done? Yep. Yeah. Cups like your crotch. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of cup. <laughs> 
I, that didn't make sense at first, but now it makes it sense. It makes so much sense. Expect the detour. 